Thank you, choir, reminding us that God is with us in Christ. Emmanuel. I was teaching my daughter what that word um, meant or means. Uh, I was teaching her the other day uh, what Emmanuel means. God with us. What a beautiful truth about Christmas. Uh, I forgot to say this earlier, so I need to. Merry Christmas. i got to remember to say that. I'll try to say that as much as I can this time of year. And I forgot. I don't want to miss an opportunity to say Merry Christmas. Uh, I was watching, watching this commercial the other day, and I uh, don't like commercials, uh, but uh, watching this one, and I just happened to notice it. And uh, these kids were opening presents in this commercial, and they were all excited. You know, the parents were sitting there, and uh, they were looking and, you know, excited for their children. And, and uh, I think it was the, the dad, he looked over at his wife, and he said, or maybe the other way around, said, don't you remember when, when it was, we had this much joy at Christmas? You know, looking at it, don't you remember when we were this excited about Christmas? And then kind of her wheels start spinning, and then it clips to the next scene, and her living room is full of boxes from this particular company that's doing the advertisement. And, um, and there are, of course, things that she ordered from this company, things for her home, I think, and different stuff. And, and she's tearing into these, these cardboard boxes and looking at, looking at what's there. And she's got this big look of excitement on her face. And, and the point is, now she's as happy as her kids are. Well, I was thinking about that commercial, and I thought, what gets you excited at Christmas? For that particular lady, the, apparently the only thing that would get her excited was a bunch of stuff, a bunch of new stuff. That's what Christmas was about for her. That's where joy and meaning from Christmas about Christmas came from. Uh, maybe it's presents for you. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's time off from work. What is it that gets you excited about Christmas? Maybe it's those things, but my question then would be, what happens when those things aren't exactly what you hoped them to be or expected them to be? What happens when you don't get what you want? What happens when your family isn't there? What happens when you burn the food? What happens when maybe you have to work? If that's where our excitement comes from at Christmas then what happens when those things aren't exactly what we were expecting? Well, then Christmas just isn't all that exciting. However, I think most of you would agree with me that Christmas isn't about those things. Christmas is about Jesus. It's about our Savior, His coming to this earth. And nothing in our lives can change that fact. Nothing. Not getting what you were hoping to get for Christmas. Maybe family that you wished would be there can't. Maybe having to work. Maybe burning the Christmas turkey or ham or whatever it is you have on Christmas. Those things may happen, but that shouldn't change the level of celebration and excitement that we have when it comes to Christmas. Because Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus, and nothing can change the fact that Jesus has come to this earth, that He has come and given His life to forgive us of our sins, and that He has promised us, everyone who trusts in Christ, a place with Him for all of eternity. Nothing can change that. 
And so no matter where we're at in our lives, no matter where you're at this Christmas season in your life, no matter what your circumstances are, we have reason to celebrate. You have reason to celebrate. We should celebrate Jesus. He is at the heart of our celebration, and He hasn't gone anywhere. But what is it about Jesus that makes Christmas worth celebrating? What is it about this baby in a manger? Why get so excited? Why decorate? Why have celebrations and get-togethers and and all the festivities that we have? Why do those things just over this little baby in a manger? Well, because this baby in a manger is more than just a baby. He's not less. He He is a baby. He's a real baby. But he is so much more than just any old baby, or maybe I should say any new baby, right? That would make more sense. This baby is more than just a baby. And I, I think, I think that the better we understand who Jesus is, the better we will celebrate Christmas. Whether that means going from not celebrating to celebrating or celebrating for the right reasons. There's some who don't celebrate because they don't have the joy of Christ. There's some who know about Jesus, but they forget about him and they celebrate, but they celebrate all the wrong things. But we want to celebrate and celebrate rightly. And the better we understand who Jesus is, the better we will be able to celebrate Christmas. It's one of the things that I think Christmas time offers us is a unique opportunity to reflect upon the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want us to do this Christmas season. I want us to think about this Jesus. And I want us to grow in our understanding of who Jesus is. And we're going to do that throughout this Christmas season by looking at a passage in the book of Colossians. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Of course, all of the Bible ultimately is about Jesus. But... There are certain passages in the Bible that are just slam full of truth about who Jesus is. We find one of those passages in Philippians chapter 2. We find one of those passages in John chapter 1. We find one of those passages in Hebrews chapter 1. And we find the fourth passage here in Colossians chapter 1. If you want to know who Jesus is, these are great passages to go to, Colossians being one of them. And so we're going to, this Christmas season, look at verses, chapter 1, verses 13 through verse 23. And today we're just going to look at the first of those two verses, um, uh, the first two of those, let me rephrase that. Today we're going to look at the first two of those verses. There we go. I think I got it right that time. Verses 13 and 14. He, speaking of the Father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's read it one more time. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we have read your word. As we spend a few moments this morning studying these couple of verses, Father, please give us teachable hearts. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Father, help us to know you 
by knowing your Son better. And help that to lead us to celebrate Jesus better. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. The first thing I think we see in this longer passage of Scripture, uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 13 through verse 23, the first thing we see about Jesus is that He is the King of light. He is the King of light. Notice here a few things that we learn. Uh, we learn that there is a kingdom. And so I just want us to ask a few questions this morning. The first question is this. What kind of kingdom? What kind of kingdom do we see here? In fact, we see two kingdoms at work. Did you know today that you are a citizen of a kingdom? You are a citizen of a kingdom. You say, well, no, I'm not. We, we have a democracy here. We don't, it's, not a, it's not a monarch. There's, there's no king. Uh, we live in a democracy. Well, that's true. In a earthly sense, uh, as a citizen of this of this country, but you and every everyone in this world is a citizen of one of two kingdoms. I am a citizen of one of two kingdoms. There are two kingdoms at work in this world, regardless of how many governments and how many countries we may divide this world into. Ultimately, there are two kingdoms at work. There is the kingdom of darkness, and there is the kingdom of Light. I'm not telling you anything you don't know when I say that we live in a world that is full of darkness. We do. No matter how much snow falls on the ground and how many pairs of sunglasses you've got to put on so that the light shining off of it doesn't blind you, we live in a world that is full of darkness. And in fact, every single one of us is born into the kingdom of darkness. We start out that way. There are some who believe that we start out in the kingdom of light and the kingdom that is good. And then because we may commit sins and we do, then we somehow uh, lose that privilege and we move to the kingdom of darkness. But we actually start out in the kingdom of darkness. We are born sinners from birth. Scripture says that in Adam all die. We begin your first breath that you took as a newborn baby. You took as a citizen of the kingdom of darkness. Of darkness. We welcomed a little baby into our family this week. I now have a niece, and I'm excited about that. I, I have children, but I've never had nieces or nephews, and so I'm excited to get to be an uncle now and experience what that's like. And, um, and so we're excited about that little one. Um, and I had to hold that little one in the hospital this week, and so precious. And we talk about the innocence of a child, and there, are, there, there is a sense of innocence about a newborn baby. But that little, little person's heart is wicked. And she doesn't know it yet. But, but my brother-in-law was praying last night before dinner, and, and, and he prayed that that little one would one day come to know Christ as her Lord and Savior. Why did he pray that? Because he knows that that little baby is right now a citizen of the kingdom of darkness. There's darkness all around us. There's darkness in our hearts. Just think back to this past week. There were probably some dark moments in your life. Maybe it was a harsh word that was spoken to someone. Maybe it was a, a thought about someone that you know does not, did not bring glory and honor to God. Maybe it was an action towards someone that, that would not have pleased the good and righteous and holy God of this universe. There's darkness without and there's darkness within. We live in a kingdom of darkness. And yet, God has loved us. 
He has loved us so much that He was not willing to leave us in that kingdom of darkness, but desires and does everything that is necessary to transfer us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Notice the language here. Even at the end of verse 12, He says that the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. If we left the the domain of darkness to go to this other kingdom, then what is that kingdom characterized as? It is the kingdom of light. Scripture is full of this imagery of, of light versus dark. And we know that to be representative of of good versus evil. And even someone who would want to deny Scripture and want to deny who God is, who His Son Jesus is, can't deny the fact that it is very accurate in the way that it describes our world. Just look at the stories that are written. The, 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 The fairy tales and the fictional stories that are written. Some stay in Britain. Some stay in book form screen. There, there are movies all around, there's stories and books all around that we see the struggle between good and evil. That's what makes the movie good, right? Where we have the good guys and the bad guys, and then we're waiting on the good guys to win. Unlike many of those movies, where it seems that there's a eternal struggle between good and evil, right? I mean, just when you get to the end of one of those movies and the good guys have won, either right before the credits or nowadays you have to stay and watch all the credits because sometimes there's something after the credits roll. And the bad guy who you think is dead and he's laying there right at the end of the movie, he opens his eyes and then this movie's over. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, oh, no, there's more. And then there's a sequel. And then sometimes there's a sequel. And sometimes they make 17 or 18 or 20 of them, right? And it's this constant struggle between good and evil. Those writers, whether they're Christians or not, are right to to think about life in terms of good versus evil. But the story of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, as we see in Scripture, is not an eternal struggle of good versus evil. Because there is a king. And there is a victory. And the victory is won by the kingdom of light. And it is a final defeat of the kingdom of darkness. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. But who then is this king? Who is this king that would usher in an eternal reign of light where darkness is defeated forever? This king is none other than the beloved son. Our second question, who is the king? He is the beloved son. The beloved son. Notice this, this verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Throughout scripture, we have this, this um, theme of a son to be born. We find this beginning, this promise beginning all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 when sin enters the world and this good world that God made is flooded with darkness. And yet in the midst of it being flooded with darkness, God promises to send a man born of woman who would destroy the serpent. 
And this man born of woman was not simply the son of this woman, but was the son of God. When we think about this kingdom of light, the only way that you can have a kingdom of light is to have a king who is the light. That's the only way. So goes the king, so goes the kingdom. We need a king who is light to invade this dark and corrupt world. And we have that king and his name is Jesus. One of my favorite psalms, and I want us to go there for just a moment. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm chapter 2. And in another, another time, I'll, I'll, we'll study this together. I may preach on this at another time, Psalm chapter 2. But I just want to read it. I'm not going to make many comments on it. But I want you to notice the kingdom of darkness. While you may not see those words, notice the evil in this passage. But notice that God has a son who is the king who conquers. And that we can belong to him. Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Paul's right there. That's Romans chapter one that Paul is talking about. He is thinking about this, that we we cast aside the glory of God and we worship the creation instead of the creator. And that's what the kingdom of darkness does. They cast off the bonds, they say, of God and they live life how they want to live. Sometimes it's not just they, it's us. We don't want to submit ourselves to the God of this universe. We want to build our own little kingdoms and we want to be the rulers of our own little kingdoms. Just like these that the psalmist speaks about in verses one and two and three. But notice God's response. Verse four, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Notice those strong words of God, the father. I have set my king on Zion. I have set my king on the holy hill. Well, who is this king? Verse seven, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Notice the power of this king. Verse 10. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Notice that this king is a powerful king. He's a scary king. He's a mighty king. He's a warrior king. He comes to make war on the darkness. But if we'll kiss the sun, if we'll submit ourselves to this king, then he will be a refuge for us. He will be a safe place when he comes to conquer his enemies. We, instead of being his enemies, we get to be his friends. John chapter 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. When the light invades, the darkness flees and the darkness is conquered. But God, God is so loving 
He is so kind. He is so generous with His grace that He allows sinners, He allows the citizens of the kingdom of darkness to be transferred to the kingdom of light through the coming of His Son. So that instead of being His enemies, we get to be friends of the King. There's a kingdom. This kingdom is the kingdom of light as opposed to the kingdom of darkness. There is a king of this kingdom of light and he is the king of light. He is the savior. He is the beloved son. He is Jesus. But when you have a kingdom and a king, then you also want to ask, who are these citizens? Who are the citizens of this kingdom of light? And that's the third question that we want to ask as we Finish looking at these two verses. Who are the citizens of this kingdom? Because Scripture is very clear that you and I, apart from any divine intervention, are dead in our sin. That we are citizens of the kingdom of darkness. And when the king of light comes in, he destroys the darkness. Which means we should be destroyed. So who could get to be a a citizen of the kingdom of light? Who is worthy to be a citizen of this kingdom? Scripture is clear. No one. No one is worthy. No one is worthy. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The same glory that appeared that night in Bethlehem in in, in 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 the face of a little baby in a manger. The glory that the angels sang about. We have fallen short of that glory. So our only place that we deserve to be the citizens of the kingdom of darkness. But notice, notice how beautiful these two verses are. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption The forgiveness of sins. Four words there that just should cause us to celebrate Jesus. Delivered, transferred, redemption, and forgiveness. The heart of the kingdom of darkness is a rebellion against the king of light. Sin is at the heart of why we are citizens of the kingdom of darkness. It's not just because we make dumb choices in life sometimes. It's not just because we make mistakes. It's because we are rebels against the King of Light. We rebel against Him. Sin is our biggest problem in life. And yet the King of Light has come. He has done what no one else has done What no one else will ever do. He has redeemed us. The King of Light is a redeeming King. The King of Light is a forgiving King. How does He do that? If we're to jump ahead in this passage, we learn in verse 20 that He makes peace by the blood of His cross. And in verse 21, that He reconciles in His body of flesh, by His death. Notice what kind of king this king of light is. He's a king 
who lays down his life. Not so that good citizens can become better citizens, but so that the citizens of the kingdom of darkness who have rebelled against him could be transferred to the kingdom of light forever and ever. Not because we've done anything to deserve it, but because he has loved us and he has paid the price to give us the gift of salvation. That's this kingdom of light. That is this king of light. He works on our behalf so that we can be transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That's what Christmas is about. It's about a baby in a manger, but it's about more than that. It is about the king of light coming into the kingdom of darkness, being born as a human, entering into this sinful world and doing everything that was necessary so that those who hated him, those who rebelled against his authority, could be welcomed into his kingdom as full and complete citizens forever and ever and ever. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. We see glimpses, even in the Christmas story, that this baby was more than just a baby. That this baby was a king. What other birth announcement is made by angels? What other child has wise men from afar come and bow down and worship and give him costly gifts? What other baby born to peasants makes the king, King Herod, shake in his boots because he knows deep down that a new king has arrived. This baby is the king of light. And he came to make war on the darkness. As we'll talk about As we work our way through this passage, He conquers sin and Satan and death. And we who belong to Christ get to be conquerors with Him. Christmas is about being transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Christmas is about us getting to be joined to this King of light rather than cast away from Him. Christmas is about us being forgiven of sin. This beloved Son of the Father sacrificing Himself so that darkness could be defeated. You know, the darkness that He defeats is that darkness that we would experience for eternity in hell Separated from Christ. But the defeat of that darkness is not just that defeat that's in the future. It's a defeat that takes place in our hearts each and every day. A few minutes ago, I asked you to think about this past week. I said, were there times this past week where there was darkness in your heart? Maybe a, maybe a wrong thought, maybe a harsh word. Maybe an impatient attitude. 
I'm just listing things that I'm guilty of in this past week. You can fill in the blanks of things that you're guilty of. Jesus came to push that darkness out of our hearts. And so this Christmas season, two ways that you can celebrate the King of Light. Number one, if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are still living in the kingdom of darkness, you need to celebrate Jesus by bowing down to Him as your King. By crying out to Him and saying, Jesus, I am not worthy to be a citizen of Your kingdom, but Jesus, You have come to redeem. You have come to forgive. You have come to transfer Me. You have come to deliver. Please, King Jesus, rescue Me from Myself. Rescue Me from the kingdom of darkness. And by Your blood and by Your grace, make Me a citizen of the kingdom of light. If you've never trusted in Jesus, that's how you can celebrate Jesus this Christmas season. If you have trusted in Jesus, let me just offer a second way that you can celebrate the King of light. Run from sin in your life. Examine your heart. And see if there be any unclean or impure, impure way in you. And seek to live a pure and holy life this Christmas season and beyond. That will bring much glory and honor and praise to the King of light. He wants us to sing songs of praise to His name. Don't get me wrong. He wants us to do our, our, our celebrations that we do. But if there's sin in our hearts, if there's anger, there's bitterness, there's, there's gossip and there's hatred, whatever, you fill in the sin. then the King of Light is not celebrated. In fact, when we live in sin, we bring dishonor to the King of Light. And so my challenge for all of us today is to celebrate the King of Light this Christmas season by asking Him, by His grace, to save you if you haven't been saved, and if you have been, to keep pushing that darkness out of your heart, out of your life, so that you look like a citizen of the kingdom of life. And by God's grace and for His glory, we will reflect the light of Jesus to our dark world. Would you join me in prayer? Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that You have not abandoned us to the kingdom of darkness. Father, thank You that You rescue us. You deliver us. You transfer us. You redeem us out of. You forgive us of the very thing that has qualified us to be citizens of the kingdom of darkness. And that is our sin. And You have qualified us because of Your beloved Son. Because of the King of life. You have qualified us to be citizens of the kingdom of life. Father, we look forward to that day when Christ returns. When the final death blow 
to the kingdom of darkness is made. And we dwell in that city. Father, where there is no need for the light of a sun. Because the light of the sun. Your sun. Will fill your city. With all that is good and right and true. For all of eternity. Father, we look forward to that day in your kingdom. But right now, Lord. For those who have trusted Christ, we are already citizens of your kingdom. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help our lives to look like Jesus, the King of light. Father, if there be any unclean way in us, Father, reveal that to our hearts. Convict us and purify us, Lord, today. Father, so that as we celebrate Jesus this Christmas season, we will celebrate by shining the light of Christ in the way that we love one another. Father, in the way that we interact with those around us. Father, in the way that we hate what is evil and love what is good. Father, thank You that Jesus is the King of light. Remind us of that. and Help us to celebrate Jesus well. This Christmas. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.